Okay, so welcome everyone. Today is our first session of our podcast with uh, HR tech founders. Specifically, we'll have each time founders of some technology desert to do with either HR or recruitment. And today I have the pleasure of having Mikhail Petrocchi, the founder of uh, Jobbing Cloud with me. Mikhail, do you want to explain a little bit about yourself? Hi, yes. So uh, I'm co-founder, so I'm not, I guess, the only one, but uh, but yeah, right. we're uh, a team and uh, and yeah, uh, it's a pleasure to be on uh, this podcast with you, Julio. And uh, I guess, yeah, I'd say uh, not to bore the audience, let's, I guess, get right into, um, I guess, the, the meat of the discussion. Sure, sure. So look, we obviously will have a few questions about what you think the world of HR and recruitment and how it is evolving. Obviously, you will have better insights than most of the people that are just sitting outside of it as you see it every day. The first question that I have is a very simple one that feels very true to many that work in the field, and is how do you think recruitment changed since COVID? Mm. So I guess, yeah, especially I guess in the recruitment market for the LinkedIn aspect, LinkedIn has changed between basic companies. It's been purchased by Microsoft and they, I guess, yeah, they're a business. So of course, LinkedIn is making more business-oriented changes with the context of, well, LinkedIn is one of the leading market uh, companies. So they kind of have a monopoly in that sector, meaning that they can, I guess, even establish a bit more hard or restrictive kind of changes that are not as optimal for the actual user base because, I guess, mm -hmm. they are the leading platform. They can, I guess, get away with that. Uh, but the main changes I would say that they've done is, of course, in that kind of business-oriented uh, section of we're kind of trying to promote upgrading to their premium subscriptions. So they've limited what you can do with a free license. So free licenses are more meant just for the users to create their profiles for then become basic resources for people then looking uh -huh. to hire or people to well, looking to actually commercially use LinkedIn, which is then gets pushed more onto an actual subscription because you can't really do much on those free accounts. Uh -huh. Well, that, that's interesting you mentioned that because you specifically mentioned monopolies which obviously is a word that technically shouldn't exist in capitalism, yeah. right? But um, I think you're right. LinkedIn has basically built such a large audience that it's become the main B2B platform as well as hiring platform in the world. And, and now they're, they're essentially forcing people to adapt to their rules, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, I guess this makes at least a tough decision for for the actual end user, uh, especially for those that want to use it commercially for the sake of say recruitment, especially because you either, I guess, uh, adapt to those changes. So you either, I guess, adhere to those, I guess, pricing uh, subscriptions that are very pricey, especially, um, or you instead try to adapt with the small resources that are allowed to you on those free or less expensive subscriptions, which of course means you need to put a lot more attention into actually fine tuning and finding the most important person and the most relevant people instead of, I guess, actually being able to broadly um, utilize the platform. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's, that's one of the, the tricky parts, right? Because if we looked at recruitment maybe 15, 20 years ago, you know, LinkedIn wasn't so important. These days, I remember when I was previously working for an agency, we had this joke that if your LinkedIn account got banned, you might as well change jobs, right? And, and so, yeah, the, the LinkedIn is definitely using this to, to keep as much as possible a handle on the market. And, and to move on from this, 
what do you think uh, what do you think are the obstacles that companies that are looking to hire through LinkedIn are facing? Mm. So I guess the primary obstacle mainly is that LinkedIn isn't as open in letting you actually engage with the people on the platform. Uh, in mm. fact, this may be also a rumor, but they actually I've heard that Microsoft wants to change LinkedIn a bit more into a social media similar to Facebook, as opposed to having it actually be independently professional. Now, I'm actually contrary to the idea because yes, a more social media type platform is more maybe lucrative because ad revenue is more lucrative compared to say recruiters uh -huh. buying subscriptions. And that's probably why they're more hard on those recruiters or on the most professional users in, I guess, those high prices. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, yeah, it's a rumor for the most part, but... Uh, um, uh, but it's yeah. an interesting it's, rumor, though. It's, uh, <laughs> if it is true, it's going to change things quite a lot. Mm. Uh, because yeah, sadly, the, the ad revenue market is much more lucrative than a more subscription-based one. So that's, mm -hmm. the, I guess, I'd say an educated guess on maybe why Microsoft is a lot harder or harsher on those changes. And uh, the change is primarily being that you can't actually freely reach out to those people as easily. It's mostly mm -hmm. just you can grow your network with people that you actually genuinely know. And that's more like mm -hmm. for the profile building, more like the friend request of Facebook. But if you actually mm -hmm. want to engage with people as a recruiter, meaning you have to engage with strangers, they're not actually people you know, you have to, well, mainly purchase emails. Since those connection rotations, LinkedIn gives you a very limited amount and only wants you actually to use those for people you know. Mm -hmm. In fact, they even have an option that people can set and saying maybe that, oh, I don't know this person or so on so they kind of try promoting the aspect that you should not use connection invitations uh because that's basically the free option sure. they don't want you to use that yeah. they want you to instead transition to emails which of course are exclusive to those purchased purchasable subscription uh and, and, and also i think the email subscription per se if i remember correctly i mean you get with most accounts you get 50 maybe you get 100 with recruiter which again, but are a hundred emails enough for someone that's actually looking to recruit for let's say five, six roles? I mean, maybe if they do the search really well, but otherwise it can become a serious problem, right? Yeah, it's definitely a very, very uh, small pool of emails that you actually receive. And I believe also, um, I guess I'm just adding a note as reference, but for example, the LinkedIn Recruiter Lite subscription, which is, I guess, one of the most popular since it's not mm -hmm. too heavy in the extremely pricey systems, but that subscription already is basically 140 a month if you don't get it with so those yearly uh, mm -hmm. discounts. And mm -hmm. it only actually provides you with 30 in-mail credits. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because yeah. I, I have Navigator. Navigator is 50 already. Yeah, it, Navigator is a lot more, um, I guess, yeah, good in that email aspect uh -huh. but it's less uh -huh. um uh, it's less i guess ideal for filters so especially for mm -hmm. recruiters yeah. for example yeah. you're going to want to get that recruiter lights you get mm -hmm. i guess fancier filters nicer on that aspect but you get even less of those emails on top of having a more pricey actual uh, subscription that's that's interesting I, yeah i remember because i switched recently to navigator when i became an entrepreneur and i used to have recruiter and I remember the recruiter has a lot better filtering. Also, it's got some personalization options. For example, you can send emails with a, a specific like name or company, et cetera, which Navigator doesn't allow. So it's really looking like it's pushing people in a specific direction, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess so. This mainly uses, leaves the uh, end user with, I guess, the options of either maybe trying to find an alternative of not using LinkedIn because it's maybe mm -hmm. it's 
excessively expensive, like a startup probably can't afford these prices and they, I guess, require a lot more time to begin, to begin actually having profits. Or you can try, of course, uh, adapting to them. I guess you have to, I guess, run with those expenses. But instead, there's, I guess, a rising market, especially because of, I guess, these LinkedIn um, subscriptions or, I guess, these unideal uh, price ranges that instead mm -hmm. is a kind of more third-party um, external to LinkedIn alternative to being able to not just well, basically find an alternative way to reach out to these contacts, but mm -hmm. also potentially for allowing you to further automate and actually just facilitate the general workflows and recruitment. Because even mm -hmm. with those expensive subscriptions on LinkedIn, you are still doing a lot of manual work. You have to always basically filter through people, look through who's the best contact, mm -hmm. and actually then send those messages. And even that small section of automated messaging that they do provide on, say, those recruiter subscriptions is still on very small groups, I believe, uh, I think max 25 at a time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think you're so, right. And look, before we get into the potential of technology, what advice could you, could you share for companies that obviously are facing these limitations when they are trying to do business or, you know, recruiting or other types of business on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. So I guess there's, um, I guess primarily two recommendations I would give. One mm -hmm. is if you want to, I guess, properly remain and I guess on the official end on LinkedIn, then the mm -hmm. key point becomes you have to be very, very good at actually screening the people you want to reach out to because uh -huh. you have a very limited amount of emails or even mm -hmm. less limited opportunities if you're on a free subscription, meaning that you have yeah. to really make those few outreaches that you have count. And that mm -hmm. aspect, I guess, all the work is diverted from the aspect of writing the messages and reaching out to instead carefully looking at the profiles, making sure that you're, I guess, not unnecessarily using any of those outreach opportunities. The uh -huh. other option okay. instead is if, well, maybe you need more uh, outreach because, of course, you can't just perfectly analyze all the time. Some people, maybe they're simply not available, they're not interested. So even if they are the perfect profile, at the end of the day, actually needing to have more outreach possibilities is I guess, generally the foundation of what you need to engage. Uh -huh. And in that case, the only actual option you have is either to, I guess, yeah, heavily invest in those LinkedIn subscriptions or uh -huh. alternatively use potentially other systems that can help and act as alternatives at a much cheaper and, I guess, cost-effective um, aspect. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I understand. So just, just to recap for the people that are looking at this, the first one would be to really narrow down the, the search and the targeting that you're doing so that even if you have a limited amount, even if it's just a connection request or the basic emails, then you can reach out. The other is to invest everything into LinkedIn so you, you can have access to all of this supply. Otherwise, is to look at what can be plugged into it, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. And actually, something that came into my mind when you were mentioning this is, I think LinkedIn is further pushing for this because you get an email back only if the email is accepted or rejected, right? Which kind of mm -hmm. makes it so that if you're really targeting and you're doing and you spend a lot of time on the platform, then at that point you have a higher chance to get that email back, right? Yeah, correct. Whereas instead, if you want to just kind of send out those uh, messages right away, they're not as carefully checked, then they basically get voided, they get ignored, and uh, I guess you miss those very, I guess, few uh, in-mail credits that you had uh, yeah. left for utilizing. Makes sense. Okay. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And look, now getting to the, to the meat of it, right? Obviously, you're, you're the co-founder of a tech company, you're into the space. 
what type of, you know, how can technology generally help in this? And then we'll go into a bit more specific details. Mm -hmm. So technology, of course, can help in, I guess, broad aspects, especially in, for example, screening aspects, because, of course, LinkedIn would normally want you to work manually, look at the profile, you read through them, and you find if they're relevant or not. But you can actually well use proper filters or even ranking functionalities to actually have systems at least save lots of the core, I guess, monotonous aspects of saying or making sure that people have certain certifications or maybe certain yeah. educations or courses, certain years of experience, and so on. So instead of having to do that, I guess, very monotonous aspect of opening each profile, looking through them, you can at the very least have something that can automate that approach to at uh -huh. least help you shortlist and make some of that, I guess, extra uh, time saving. Uh -huh. The other approach, of course, okay, so, is... So, so just to clarify, you're, you're talking about now having tools that will help you go above and beyond what the LinkedIn search capabilities are, therefore making your targeting much clearer? Is that is that the case? Ah, yes, yes. So you can use both technology to help you, I guess, further basically create those perfect shortlists of who is the best, who's the most ideal person to reach out to. And of course, I guess the core aspect there is, well, you have to have good filters to actually find those criteria you're looking for. And you then also have to have an actual good interface to then I guess, shortlist and store them and potentially kind of track them, especially because um, oftentimes relationships with people is are important to actually keep an eye out for. So if you had, for example, someone in your network that you've talked to in the past, they're a lot more open to maybe offers that you might give them if you, I guess, continue that relationship, if you kind of stay in touch with them. So technology can also help in kind of tracking interactions you've had with them and helping you remind you of, uh, like I said, how the best way to approach with them is. Uh -huh. Okay, okay, clear. And okay, aside from the help with the targeting, how else can technology come to the assistance of uh, companies and individuals? Mm -hmm. Now, another way that can, of course, assist is in that same kind of automation aspect that you would have access to on those, say, higher LinkedIn subscriptions, like, for example, being able to in-bulk send, say, messages or invitations, so that, of course, you have that same job, you're going to probably want to send it to a larger quantity of people, then no need to always write it once, one at a time for each person. So at least that uh -huh. can save you some time. But of course, uh -huh. this is just the basic step because I guess the core of the problem, especially in these LinkedIn scenarios, is that you don't have that many in-mails. So the last thing you're going to want to do is spend them inaccurately, but just sending them in bulk at one, in one direction. So the actual proper solution, at least in this in LinkedIn aspect, would be if this outreach can actually be somehow enhanced on top of those, say, emails that you would normally have access to. It basically, an alternative outreach method needs to be found because those credits are basically too limited or, I guess, yeah, um, not worth, say, automating since those need to be really, really carefully uh, picked. Uh -huh. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Okay, I understand. Perfect. Uh, look, so you're giving us a quite clear idea. Is there anything else that comes into your mind within the technology field that could help overcome these uh, this limitations and issues? Mm -hmm. So primarily, I guess one of the approaches is, of course, well, emails, because great with emails, you can reach out to people, you can get in touch with them, and you can mm -hmm. kind of avoid that LinkedIn uh, bottleneck mm -hmm. so that you can say, oh, great, I'm getting in touch with them through my inbox. No problems there. I can freely uh, get in touch there. And that's where also maybe potential email finders come in handy because they allow you to well, find those emails and kind of avoid those requirements on having to utilize uh, those email credits. But alternatively, some systems are also able to actually find uh, ways for you to engage with people without needing to um, 
it's been more uh, taking on this aspect of say specialized to LinkedIn, but some tech can allow you to even bypass certain of those limitations that LinkedIn would have in place, allowing you to effectively actually use, for example, more invitations than you would normally be allowed to, like in, for example, the old days on LinkedIn, where you could send easily 100 invitations every day. And uh, basically these systems allow you to connect with people, meaning it's kind of like two birds with one stone, because by connecting, you both create a relationship, meaning you can kind of get in touch with them on future occasions, if you have other positions or opportunities for them, but also because you gain access to those contact info for free. So basically email outreach becomes open to you as well, but also because on those invitations, you can attach notes. And the invitation itself is basically like a mini email where you introduce yourself and say, hey, would you be interested in this or that? And just like the email, they can accept or decline based on their interest. Okay, clear. So again, let me recap this for those who are looking at this. The, from what you mentioned, the, the first idea obviously is to having a narrower target or better targeting. The second idea is automation that can help with this. And the two things can obviously ideally be combined. So not only you're automating, but at the same time, you're also combining that with a more specific target. And then the, obviously you can still use LinkedIn to let's say get contacts of emails of people so you can reach out entirely outside the platform. And the final step would be even to go for tools that are completely, let's say, bypassing what LinkedIn um, limits are. And then at that point, you can have, let's say, the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can both, of course, it's always better to screen and find the most ideal person, because, of mm -hmm. course, why unnecessarily message people that would not be interested? It saves both you your time and that's of the recipients. And on top of that, you can then automate it, so need, no need to write it one at a time. And then also the actual fundamental, the foundation of the main problem here being the actual limited outreach, you also then have that option to potentially, well, further broaden your outreach capabilities above those restricted limits that LinkedIn has in place. Mm -hmm. Understood. Okay, so look, obviously we had a very good outlook about technology around LinkedIn outreach, etc. And um, tell us a bit more about you and Jobins. When when did it start? What was the original plan? Yes. So Jobin, I guess on the original plan was uh, we mostly just wanted a repository to properly, I guess, store contacts. Like in old days, back in say 2008 when the crisis and so on, uh, everyone was probably just running around with say Excel sheets and just had the store contacts of I guess any contacts that are interesting to them. And kind of it's always a bit of a hassle to manage that, especially when that ends up growing larger. So the natural step was, I'd like to have a master database and I want to actually be able to filter them. I need to make use of these contacts because if I can't actually filter for them, there is just wasted space. And as that, I guess, database grew, those filterability capabilities uh, ended up, I guess, becoming decent enough to be able to actually screen and find those contacts that we wanted. We then wanted to, well, say, great, we've finished transferring the contacts we already had, but I now want an easier way to actually well, find them. That database needs to grow, it can't just sit there. And so we ended up building also LinkedIn integrations. And that's kind of how it ended up uh, growing, uh, initially just as a way to connect to the LinkedIn market, which has, I guess, the, the top profile repository. But then also, as we, I guess, approached LinkedIn, we saw there's restrictions here, restrictions there. I can't really do much uh, aside as far as the outreach was concerned. So it then kind of just moved forward and we ended up developing even more functionalities to actually be able to bypass those limits and effectively make use and reach out to those contacts on top of being able to nicely store and filter for them. Uh -huh. oh, 
Okay, and look, then just to come to the, let's say, the, the potential solution, what is it specifically, you know, you can do? Obviously, you mentioned a few things that would be, would be useful for companies and individuals. How does job in cloud tie, tie, tie into all of this? Mm-hmm. So job in cloud, I guess, is a bit of a Swiss army knife working on all-in-one system as uh, it has multiple functionalities, both for just data storage, but also for actually being able to uh, interact properly with the LinkedIn and make use of the contacts on the rep- repository. So it kind huh? of can adapt to, flexibly adapt to kind of the requirements of, I guess, any scenario, be it, of course, because it's always important to know who you want to target, and that can be achieved through drop-in. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you're going to want to potentially automate it, because if you created a nice short list, why do it one at a time when you can just do it at a broader scale? And broader scale means then, I guess, overall, more potential clients or candidates, depending on who you want to reach out to. Uh, and I guess, yeah, at the end of the day, you have, I guess, more deals, more success, more, I guess, end up more profits. Uh-huh. I understand. So, so if I understand correctly, then there's a it's kind of a way for someone through job in cloud to, how can I say, supercharge their LinkedIn capabilities without necessarily having to incur into insanely high fees or particular restrictions. So you're both taking away this, the restriction, but at the same time making the, it's feasible, the, the yeah, user's for- life easier. So, of course, it's both a, I guess, handier interface for automating, kind of having that system to, I guess, run all those operations you wanted, but it's, of course, also as an actual feasible cost for basically startups, especially because they have the primary, I guess, price limitations, they have the most work of all because they have nothing already prepared, they have tons of expenses, they don't have those profits, they're basically at that critical moment, and they need something that has the power and is also cheap enough to actually be affordable and usable. Understood. Okay, look, look, it sounds great, and uh, and I hope uh, you know the, you, you keep developing it and uh, making it even better. Is there any final things that you would like to add? Uh, I guess um, I've, a wonderful presentation so far. Uh, thank you for I guess the the opportunity, and uh, I'd say um, so. Jupyter is a bit of an all-in-one system. You can expect. Um, basically just simply expands as requirements occur, just like we expanded with the LinkedIn because we end up saying we want to expand in that aspect. The system is very modular and you can actually customize it. So you can always pick exactly what you want uh, without having to unnecessarily, I guess, bloat yourself with unnecessary functionalities. So I guess you can kind of expect anything uh, to uh, from the system. You can, can grow um, in kind of any direction. And it, I guess generally can helps in I guess kind of any kind of scenario. So um, uh, I guess, yeah, that's a bit, um, okay. Okay, a bit of a part here. <laughs> Maybe better. Perfect. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, look, Miguel, thanks for your time and uh, best of luck with uh, your endeavors. Thank you. Best of luck uh, on your podcast and your future uh, session as well, Julio. And it's been a pleasure. And thank you for having me. Thank you. My pleasure.